All right, before we get started today, we wanted to give a shout out to our patrons over on Patreon. Uh, you can find links to that by going to wisconsindrunkenhistory.com. Uh, but right now we have Eric Sari, Andy Herbrand, and Lauren L. Those are the ones keeping the lights on. And uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, hey, go check it out uh, on uh, on WisconsinDrunkenHistory.com. You can go to the Patreon page and see a little bit more about what uh, Patreon really is and, and how you can sort of help. Eric, cue up that intro. Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sorry. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast, your weekly dose of the Dairy State. We are your hosts as always, Eric. And I'm Russ. And uh, today we have an episode regarding some Beloit, Wisconsin, that Rock County uh, history that uh, some of you may not be aware of. So uh, we're talking about an item uh, that we see on every vehicle that we all drive. Uh, That is the odometer. Some of you use it. uh, Some of you don't. Uh, (laughs) The speedometer as well. Some of you use it. Some of you don't. Um, These were invented right here in Wisconsin. So uh, a little piece of, you know, history that... You may not even know, but you've seen. And this one I find especially interesting. So um, we have great Wisconsin music in this episode from W's. Uh, We have another brew review. Uh, We have another installment of How Many Locals You At. And we have an interview with Hurricane Jerry, the Hurricane Jerry. Yeah, it's awesome to have him on the show. Um, Fish icon, you know. uh, And and as always, uh, please, hey, go out. Rate, like, review, subscribe, do all the stuff. Follow us on the social medias. Um, We've made it very easy for you. If you just go to WisconsinDrunkenHistory.com, you will find links to literally all that stuff. We've got our Facebook and our Instagram links right there, as well as the Patreon page, which is right there, and our T Public page where you can find all your new sick tank tops for the summer that it is. So... You can rock the, our logo right on your chest when you're out on the lake getting sunburnt and fried. Um, so without uh, without you know going way too uh, into detail here about uh, the um, the Patreon, uh, essentially for less than the cost of basically a Starbucks per month, you're going to be able to get uh, uh, some extra content. Now we haven't we haven't had a whole lot of extra content as of late. Uh, because we're we're still trying to film and put everything together, and I've been traveling a lot too. It doesn't yeah. help. My job is pretty demanding, so, so it doesn't help us out at all. We so. do we do have a lot of stuff in the pipeline planned. Uh, so uh, our friend Andy, who is a patron on Patreon, also put it really well by saying, "Hey, it'd be like if you were down at the local watering hole and an old friend walks in that you haven't seen in a while, 
it's basically the cost of buying that guy uh, a round of uh, a shot or something exactly. just to say, hey, man, haven't seen you in a bit. You know, really glad you came out. So uh, thank you for doing all that you do, no matter what that is. Even if you're just listening, we really, truly appreciate it. Uh, and and just please continue to do that. That's, uh, that's the number one thing. Enjoy it. Uh, reach out to us if you have suggestions, uh, whether that be suggestions of bands or OWI articles for the How Many Loco segment, or just to say, hey, because we enjoy... Yeah. All of those. And uh, we've been reading uh, our, our Apple podcast reviews at the end of uh, episodes as well I love, now. I love hearing those. It's so it's cool. It's absolutely great. I love it. So, uh, honestly, we don't want to keep you too long here in the intro. So, let's move to the main segment. Our story today on the invention of the odometer and speedometer. So, many of us see this item every day and probably overlook it, you know, when you're driving down the street. But... We do, however, check speeds to make sure we are not getting a visit from the boys in blue, if you will. Oh, yeah. The uh, cops, baby. Many don't know, but the odometer and speedometer were started right here in our backyard in Beloit, Wisconsin. Eric, um, how high have you made it on an odometer? Have you, have you made it pretty high? Um, I'm No, not really. I mean, uh, the F Explorer maybe had like 100 and... I don't know, 50. It's pretty good. I mean, not, but it, none of my vehicles have really gotten very high. I know in high school I had that Volvo 240. Oh, that yeah. That sucker hit over 300 Remember that stopped right in the middle of the intersection in oh, Janesville? Yeah. And we that had sucked. Push that bastard. And then I got it going again. It made it over 300,000 miles, yeah. which is just insane. So, cool, cool car. So around the late 19th century, vehicles were starting to become the norm. This was starting to become the norm on all the streets replacing the horse and carriage, right? So the vehicles are taking over. The horse and carriage are becoming more, less, you know. The new motorized buggy, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And in the beginning, this was not much of an issue because the vehicles were slow in the beginning. Like we talked about in the JW Carhartt episode, it wasn't much much area for concern for the They were just glad that they could get from right. Green Bay, or, uh, from Milwaukee to Madison, I think it, it was. I mean, we were talking like five miles per hour with the boilers yeah. that they had on them. Yeah. They weren't very fast. Loud as hell, too. But as automobile developments occurred and the cars started becoming much faster, this started to become a, an issue. And Beloit brothers Arthur P. and Charles H. Warner would come to the call. Their first patent was called the Autometer, which could reach speeds up to 60 miles per hour and also Whoa. kept track of the distance on how far the vehicle went. So before Slow the, down. Yeah, I know. <laughs> before these two brothers became the famous Arthur, they worked on this uh, all the way, all the way, their way up through the ranks of the Northern Electric Company in Madison, Wisconsin, at the age of 27, becoming heads of the company in the Milwaukee office. He was self-educated in electrical engineering, but also had a massive sales background. And he would start to gain a reputation through his wood electric car, in which he used to help advertise with the Northern Electric Company. And he actually took this on the road and was like, hey, I made an electric car. It's running That's all awesome. the stuff from this company before electric cars were even a big thing, right? That's amazing. And yeah, so Arthur also, I didn't put this in my research, but Arthur P. Warner was also the first one to fly in the state of Wisconsin. He's the first flight. Wow. Yeah, pretty crazy, right? I mean, the guy has a lot of... He's a smart person, right? And very influential. Absolutely amazing. So, and he was self-educated in electrical engineering, but also had massive sales background, you know, which is great, right? If you have that engineering and that sales, yeah. that personnel, you, you, can, you can do big things. You're a dual threat, you know? Right. And he would start to gain a reputation. And, uh, it, it, you know, it's cool to have the electrical engine 
and uh, you know, before the hybrid vehicles are taken off right here in our state. And while driving around Milwaukee, he realized that he needed to come up with a way to measure acceleration to show that actual speed that he was going, thus leading the Warner Brothers to work together and they developed an initial magnetic device called the cut meter to serve as a speed indicator for industrial machines, right? So this is like... They're, they're showing how fast this thing's turning, how fast things are coming out. It's, it's That's all it's monitoring. It's not for the not yet adapted for the vehicle. Got it. And they felt machines across the country would benefit from such a device. And he offered to sell the device to GE, which is the GE, right? The General, right, General Electric. Electric yeah. After it was perfected, they turned him down, but not seeing the benefit or the vision of this device. And he would return from New York back to Beloit, Wisconsin. They decided to do just do their own thing as they knew the market could benefit from this instrument. And in 1903, they produced the cut meters themselves. Wow. While out on the road trying to sell the cut meter in Chicago, one client said that this may not be the best device for today's time, but would also be a great adaption to, for vehicles, right? I mean, you're, you're measuring speed and time by a rotation, right? So this is perfect. Right. Thus sparking the idea for the first autometer. And before he returned home, he had already sold five of them to shop owners and his friends for 75 bucks each, which is huge at that time. $75 is it's a lot of a money. bit of money. Yeah. yeah. And just for reference, this is as expensive as a, a piano from the Sears of Robux catalog, right? This is not cheap. Rears and Sorbuts? <laughs> the item was the first promoted as a luxury gadget. However, everyone wanted one, and sales boomed even at this cost. Due to this period, more and more vehicles are showing up on the streets, and everyone wanted this little device from Beloit, Wisconsin. And due to the magnets, it was far superior than the alternative designs that actually did exist at this time. It also reduced the number of parts in the device compared to the, centrifug the centrifugal way of um, that the competitors were using to gauge speed and time, right? And due to the dependability, this thing sold like hotcakes and would eventually lead the brothers to improve the design. And they later added speed, distance, and a clock to the device, as well as a lighted dial for ease of reading at night. The device was also great for people going long distances as they had to go by map and uh, could easily mark off where they were navigating, right? I mean, this helps out at this time. I mean, when you're driving in the middle of the night, there's no streetlights, right? Right. So it's perfect. And I'm sure then there was no streetlights at all. And before this, many people had to use books, old school navigation, and the things that all grown men hate, asking for directions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? So nobody wants to do that, right? he had navigation in there? Yeah, right. Nobody, <laughs> nobody wanted to do that, right? You he invented like, Google Maps? Hey, I, I can do it. Let's turn it right at the rock. And then you end up in some fucking backwoods country. You're getting deliverance yeah. in the backwoods. Screw like a piggy, boy. Oh, boy. Son of a biscuit. <laughs> I turned right on the wrong street. Yeah, now so, I'm in a pit. So due to the word spreading all over about this new great device and comp competitor of the Stewart and Clark Company in Chicago who had abandoned the centrifugal, centrifugal model as they wanted to start producing a magnetic style, right? Like, this is the better top-notch thing of the time. Let's copy it. So they reverse engineered it. And the you know the Warner Brothers ended up catching wind of the stealing design and sued the company in 1912 for $1.8 million, which in this time is just complete insanity, right? Just insanity. And though the company lost most of their, most of everything, the Warner Brothers would eventually end up selling to the Stewart and Clark Company, and the company changed the name to Stewart Warner. And by the 1920s, Warner magnetic speedometers were over, were actually in 90% of all the vehicles being made at the time, thus becoming standard equipment on the vehicle, which we know today, right? You see it on every vehicle, light. You see the lights, speedometers, and the odometer in every car. Yeah. 
And these brothers would continue to go on to make improvements on the automobile, such as trailers, electric brakes, and clutches, which most of the business was conducted right out of Beloit, Wisconsin. Right there, right in the border there, right by Illinois. We're not considering it Illinois, so fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> the company became known throughout the world and the United States, even being the official timers for the Indy 500 race for several years. And to this day, if you happen to win the Indy 500, you would be receiving what is known as the Borg Warner Trophy. Isn't that oh, pretty wow. cool? And just another example of the Wisconsin awesomeness is uh, many, many great and important people and inventors in our state. And we, you know, a lot of people don't realize how crazy our state is with inventions. And yeah, stuff. it's nuts. Eric, yeah. what are your thoughts? I mean, I mean, I don't know really much about. You know, you mentioned a couple different ones in here that there was competition at the time. There was a centrifugal version. There was the magnetic version. They used a magnetic version, and it was considered more superior. Yes, yes. Um, I, I, you know, I just my brain doesn't necessarily work in the same way as others. And uh, if if I were shown a diagram and somebody were to explain the inner workings of it, that'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, but yeah. for me, uh, you know, I just I couldn't even imagine what where to begin. So I can kind of explain this a little bit. So right, so r these other ones I've had a, like a lot of gears and stuff that are recording the time, right? But this one is actually a magnet spinning in circles, right? And what it does is it notches the next dial to one, two. Based on the Three. wheel rotation. Right, based on the wheel rotation. So the magnet's rotating, and it can tell you how many times it's passing per minute. Got it. It can tell you like each time it goes around, so it's pushing the odometer around in circles. So there there must be some sort of, um, like you said, an internal gear. It's impressive. That's, that's uh, reduced uh, to small size to match the same rotation as the larger wheel that's outside. Exactly. And we're talking about the it. 1920s here, and it's pretty impressive. For Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, the car was barely invented at right. that time. Like, and then you're going to sit here and tell me that they made uh, uh, a, this sort of an advancement on it right away? It's crazy, because think about it. it and it I wasn't mean, standard equipment. It was something that you had to buy from this, you know, rears and sore butts catalog in order to <laughs> add it to your car. That's fucking insane so just think about it you know you have an 18 inch wheel right so you can find the circumference based on the 18 inch wheel mm -hmm. you know that the 18 inch wheel if you have the circumference that's the distance it's traveling per spin so this guy like had to come up with all this mathematics and calculations to figure yeah. this out like it's just impressive to he me, had right? to stay sober long enough to right. jot this shit down pretty impressive yeah but again, that's the speedometer, odometer. We're talking about Arthur P. and Charles H. Warner. We hope you guys enjoyed this one. Um, it was really impressive to find out this information. You know, the cool thing was Arthur P. Warner is the first flight in Wisconsin. Like, that's incredible, right? Uh, I mean, yeah. The, the, and, and especially because at this time, I mean, it wasn't like... Uh, there was no regulations. There was no, you know, aviation uh, group that, that, you know, uh, would... would you know, not allow somebody who's inexperienced to get up in a plane. So this guy very well had no uh, uh, flight hours logged before he was just like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to try flying. A, f a few years early, the Wright brothers first went up, honestly, to be honest with you. So it's pretty crazy that they even attempted it. But that's just amazing to me. What a nut job. So that's going to conclude the main segment. And now on to our music segment. All right. So now we have uh, a great Wisconsin band 
W's. They are from uh, Rock County. Yeah, Rock itself. County, Janesville, Beloit area. Yeah, I know Willie Wilden Hughes for a while. Actually, how I met him was uh, posting an ad on Craigslist looking for a band like a Strokes type band, like mm-hmm. indie alternative. You know, kind of that angular riffs. Right. And we just kind of became. You know, we talked to each other. He's just a really cool guy. He's a farmer. Um, the blue corn chips you're gonna find in the store. His dad actually produces them, and he helps. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. All those blue corn chips, super good. You know, this band, Double Use, phenomenal, right? They have, yeah. like, that almost Tame Impala, like, psychedelic experimental feel to them. Yeah. They also have that, like, Postal Service-type lyrical, kind of repetitive, like, right. electronics. But they also have just phenomenal instruments. And just a great band out of the Janesville, Wisconsin, uh, Beloit, Wisconsin area, the Rock County area. In this episode, we're kind of keeping it all Wisconsin, like, all Rock County. Yeah. And uh, this was just a perfect match. I had to reach out. Willie Wilden Hughes is just a great person all around. Um, but yeah, check this band out. They're a double use, and this one is Dead Furrow.
All right. Again. Super cool. That was double use, and they are, uh, I, man, I'm telling you what, that is some stuff that I wouldn't have even considered to, to try. Like It's just neat. It's experimental. It's so good. You know, it's, it is good. It's just out there, which is, uh, which is amazing to me. I just, I love it. So. Uh, check them out. Find them uh, on their social media and and through Spotify, Bandcamp. You know the the normal stuff. And uh, we have a beer review for you. And again, in keeping this on brand for the Rock County type stuff, uh, we're going to Gray's Brewery. Yeah, this one's one of my favorite from Gray's. It's the Bully Porter. And man, is this one a good beer? Um, it's coming in at the uh, 4.95% ABV. The Bully Porter. Let's talk about the art first, right? There's a yeah. bu- there's a bulldog straight up mean mugging me right now. He's looking me down. Yeah. He's just mean mugging me. It's on like a wood background. You get like this like little farmhouse wood background. It's great. And it's one of my first, one of the first craft brews besides Sierra Nevada that got me started into the craft brewery. Oh, sure. Like the, the, the Bully Porter was one of the first ones. Because of right in my backyard. I lived in Janesville, just so any of you know. I used to live in Janesville on yeah. Garfield Avenue. Yep. And uh, this one got me started. And let me say, this one is great. It, you're getting that, like, the notes of the porter you used to, right? It's it's your it, it's your typical porter, but it's taking it one step above. You're getting that, like, cho- hints of chocolate, darkness, great for the wintertime, early fall, you know, maybe it's a little heavy for today because it, it's pretty warm today. Let's be honest. It's, yeah, it's a little and, heavy for today, but I mean, the, the ABV at 4.95 isn't going to completely ruin you. Um, but Porter's again, like you said, kind of has that ability to be just heavy. Yeah. That in, chocolate, in a, yes. nutty, toffee, I want to say coffee. Thick. I want to say thick, but yeah, I, like yeah, yeah. milky. It just has that additional vibe to it that, you know, like I said, the ABV is not going to kill you, but the the thickness uh, of the actual beverage itself is going to sit a little harder in you. Uh, and and like you said, it's more of a uh, a beer that maybe you would, uh, you know, drink in the colder months. You know, fall fall would be great for this. Yeah, and you're um, going to get the low bitterness. There's not many hops exactly. like in the stouts yep. and the porters. Toffee, and, chocolatey, nutty. Yeah, yeah, that's um, what I was thinking exactly was what I was thinking. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's one of those ones, like, if you if you need to warm up in the wintertime, you can have a couple of these. That helps you out. I mean, it's thick. It's like a motor oil, right? I love stouts yeah. and porters in the wintertime. Some are a little heavy. I wanted to grab this one because it is one of my favorites. And oh, I wanted yeah. to keep things all Rock County today, which yeah. is why we went with this one. Um, Gray's also has a great tour. They're just really nice people. Um, they used to have it on Saturdays or Sundays. You could go on their brewery tour. It was 20 bucks. It was all you could drink all day, right? So Damn. if you could hang out for a while and actually maintain. You were going to hang out for a you're while. You're going to get ripped, right? But you're going to have great <laughs> beer. Um, they have a lot of other things they offer. The the honey ale. They just got a lot of good ones. The Busted Knuckle, another one. It's like they're Irish, which is a great one. Rock Hard Red. Oh, Rock Hard Red's good. They just got a lot of great beers. And uh, Janesville locals, they've been there for years. Uh, they survived Prohibition by making sodas. Um, just all mm-hmm. around great brewery. We recommend you go and check them out. You can find them at a lot of the Janesville stores. I actually think I've seen Grays around here in, in Muskego, Milwaukee yeah, area. The yeah. Bully Porter was actually at a festival. Yep. And it was actually at Woodman's. So you can pick that Woodman's one up. Woodman's is where I generally see it. 
I don't know. I, I don't know why. I don't know if they have some sort of a distribution deal with with Woodman's in particular. But uh, when I used to shop at the Woodman's when I was living in Milwaukee, that was what I would end up seeing uh, a lot of times on their shelf. But a great beer all around. You pick yeah. it up at a lot of stores. Definitely check it out. The Bully Porter Gray's Brewery. Grab a seat. Gather around. Join us for a chat. How many logos you have? Holy cow, folks, you know what that means. How many locos you have? How? All right. This one's crazy. Garbage cans, drugs are involved. Let's just say it. <laughs> yeah, we got ourselves a real cool one here. Uh, we are dealing with a 39-year-old lacrosse man uh, charged Tuesday in Lacrosse County uh, with a felony fourth offense drunk Quattro. driving. Um that oh, it, and I guess it would become his sixth offense, depending on the outcome of the two other pending Jesus. cases. So this is potential. He doesn't give a shit anymore. He either has right. he either has a cuatro or a seis. Is it seis? You're right. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. I don't You're know good. Spanish very well. <laughs> um, I'm dumb. <laughs> so the individual was charged with felony bail jumping, felony fourth offense operating with a restricted controlled substance. And misdemeanor, misdemeanor operating after revocation slash alcohol related. Uh, so according to the criminal complaint, the lacrosse police were called January 11th, shortly after 2 a.m. to the 1700 block of Onalaska Avenue, uh, where a vehicle operated by the individual crossed a lane of traffic and crashed <laughs> into a group Shit. of garbage cans. Watch out, Oscar. Why? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, Sesame, Sesame Street. That bastard. Shit's getting bad out there, I heard. Uh, so the individual was passed out in the driver's seat with the vehicle still in gear uh, when the police arrived, but was able to Jeez. give his name to first responders uh, a short time later. Uh, the uh, individual was transported to Gunderson Health, where he was interviewed by police. Uh, he had said earlier in the day he had taken a prescribed dose of Jesus. Suboxone and a dose of lorazepam. Jesus, shit. He's in a cop. Suboxone, deal. isn't that the, the drug that helps you get off of drugs? Yes. And lorazepam is used as a um, uh, anti-anxiety. Like anti a panic attack. Anti yeah. Anti-panic attack, correct. So it, with no reference to a prescription. So uh, he reportedly showed police an unused Suboxone sleeve but didn't produce a prescription. Uh, later that day, the individual said a friend drove him to several drug houses in La Crosse before he was dropped off to retrieve his own vehicle around 9 p.m. Uh, he said he was attempting to pull over at the time of the crash uh, after determining he was too impaired to drive. Which is probably why he hit the garbage cans, but geez. A little late, bud. Uh, this individual has three previous oh uh, OWIs, uh, and pending cases from July 2019 and July 2020. So that's where Jesus. the potential six is. Because in 2021, he has another offense. Now, so, oh my God, what where, the Where are we going to go from here, right? We got we got a 39-year-old man making some bad life decisions, drugs, garbage cans, dumpy vehicles. What, where are we going here, right? Um, what, are we th what are we thinking here? Well, uh, I mean... I don't. Wow. I don't condone any of this, by the way. So, I mean, this is just this suboxone, is so, lorazepam, Jesus. These and, are some and these, booze and beer involved too. So, and he has two pending. So this might be the safe. This might be the number six. This might be a veteran drinker. Yeah, I mean, if he's but does does 
You know what I mean? Like, does this guy even remember anything that's going on? Because he's so just doped up, no. right? I mean, he's making some real bad decisions here. And I don't know on the local level where to go because I think the drugs are probably more influential than the actual drinking, right? He's more just relaxed on the Suboxone and the Lorazepam. Wow. So I don't know where I'm going to go on the local level. He's obviously has alcohol. He wouldn't have got a DUI. Or maybe he did just get a DUI. You, you for, can, yeah. You can so get gotta, one if it's so just maybe drugs, we got to convert the drugs into Lokes. Is that what you're thinking here? We may because it doesn't necessarily say he was on uh, or drinking rather. So Dude. this might be the case of, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> an, an individual who is just so high uh, that they don't know what the fuck they're doing. So we got to do a conversion. And I, I never thought I would say this, but I feel bad for Oscar, dude. I hope he wasn't in any of those cans. I hope you're, yeah. hope you're out of there, bud. That's I rough. Mean, or, you know, like homeless people digging through the shit. One could have been behind it. A yeah. raccoon. Dude. You know, just crazy. Jeez. Louise. Yeah. So uh, what are you thinking here? I, I mean, I I feel like I have a number. Um, I, I don't know where to go. I'm converting drugs, and I'm hoping that he has some alcohol in the system just so I can kind of find a, a middle ground here. Um, but I, I definitely have my number. I'm going to um, warn you. Mine's high. Yours is really high? Yeah, I think mine's pretty decent too. I mean, it's 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 messed up, right? I mean, we're converting Suboxone and Lorazepam into four locos. It doesn't right. say too much about the drinking. It, I and mean, we know I it's think not a just. Drinking, oh, I took one Suboxone and one Lorazepam. That's not going to happen. I think those, there was drinking in involved too. I think there was like a mix of all and three. multiple other drugs. In the article, it even says he admits that his friend drove him to multiple drug houses in Lacrosse. Jeez. And what what do you do at a drug house? You get. Drugs you do drugs. Yeah, yeah. You do drugs. Yeah. To help you combat the other drugs. Drugs and other uh, mischievous things. So, uh, I mean, I'm just going to come right out and say it. Okay. I feel like it's 20, 24. Okay, I was going to go 18. Okay. So, okay, yeah. so we got to go somewhere in between. You think a 22. 22? 22 local? 22 seems fair. Let's hit a 22 local. Yeah. Eric, you want to sell on that gavel? This is messed up one, but hit it. All right, today we're here with Jerry from... Uh, Hurricane Jerry, you may recognize him from uh, the country station out in the Rock County area there and uh, from the fishing hole with Hurricane Jerry. Uh, Hurricane Jerry, how you doing? I'm doing good, guys, and uh, thanks for uh, having me be a part of your podcast. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah thanks thank for coming you. on. And uh, I know I'm a huge, avid fan of your podcast. Can you give us a little background in your podcast and what you're all about? Yeah, actually, it's um, I, uh, I've done... Uh, this uh, fishing segment uh, probably will be five years in October, and it's something I brought to the table when I got offered a, a job with Big Radio. It was Boyd's first new FM uh, country station, where in the format itself is something different from, like, today's country. We do play some of today's country, but it's got to have that country feel, say, like Joe Nichols and, yeah. yes. and Alan Jackson, any of the newer stuff like that. And then we play some of the newer guys, like Cody Jenks and uh, – Oh, let me let's see, uh, Whitey Morgan, and then we'll kind of mix in a little, little uh, red dirt. And it's if if you're going to compare the station, I guess compare it to like KOKE out of Austin, Texas. So oh you wow, got your yeah, you got your George Straits, and you got your uh, Brooks and Dunn and Reba and all that stuff. Or even we'll play Miranda Lambert, but then you'll throw in some of uh, even today's stuff like Riley Green, and we kind of keep it real. We don't play stuff like. You know, Luke Bryan and Sam Hunt, some of the pop country that right. year, or Keith, Keith Urban. But, yeah, but anyways, I was offered the job, and I said, hey, I, I'm an avid fisherman. How about we do, like, a fishing segment? It would be the only fishing segment we can do 
in the Rock County and Winnebago County since in Illinois since our signal reaches down there. So, but uh, anyways, yeah, it was. I proposed it to them. They said, well, if it don't work, uh, we can scrap it and do something else. So, um, yeah, I went forward with it, and it's been pretty successful. I mean, I've had, like, Al Linder on. I've had uh, uh, some of the bigger guys that, that on some of the television networks, like Larry Smith and Jason Mitchell, to name a few. And, yeah, I awesome. just not only feature the celebrity guys, but also like the, to bring on some of the local guides in the area, too, and uh, talk local fishing, too. So That's yeah, awesome. Doing it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've been doing it for five years and do it a new show, show every week. So 52 shows a year, and they're all new. So Awesome. Yeah, I'm a huge follower, and uh, I was just going to say, too, you know, the one reason I love Iron Country is they don't have that pandering country music, yeah. you know, like the Keith Urban yeah. stuff. Right, yeah. Yeah, and, and I love that stuff. Like, I love I love country music that has that, like, folk story that they're telling. Like, that's, that's right, country yeah. to me, you know. Storytelling stuff, yeah. yeah. Me, don't get me wrong, I love, like, Keith Urban. I'm pretty pretty open-minded when it comes to yeah, country yeah. music but but uh you know but yeah we don't play the we'll play like older blake shelton you know some like some beach and uh right. Austin, but we won't play some of his newer stuff because it's a little more uh today's country yeah so. yeah yeah but, it's so, hard it's hard to even but, classify some of that stuff as country it is, yeah so you know it's more pop but I mean, what it is what it is right exactly well and, and yep. that's oh thing. yeah it is it, it's good at doing what it does and it's 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 right. good pop music and uh that's kind of where you leave it you know it's right yep. it's, it's funny because they call it the emphasis on the two and four i remember this in college theory for music it's like sure so you yeah. emphasize the two and the four and that's country music today right yeah. i mean right right you know and, and yeah i mean i i like all music i'm pretty eclectic honestly yeah. to be to be completely honest, but I, I love the old country because it just reminds me of my grandpa going up north fishing. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's why I love that stuff. So, yeah. But, but Jerry, yeah, as for the show, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So go we're, we're going to ask too. So I know this is kind of uh, going under the, the, uh, we're looking for the we're looking for the hints here. So where are the lakes that you're recommending us go to right now? I know for me, Delvin has been the hotspot. What are you doing? Yep. Well, right now I'm on in Koshkanai. Yeah. Right now, there's actually a pretty good uh, walleye bite going on right now. Um, yeah, so far, I mean, we haven't hit some of the bigger ones, bigger fish today, but we caught like white bass. Uh, we caught a few walleyes, and we just got a sauger a little bit ago right before you guys. Oh, nice. So nice. If I do get interrupted here, if we do get a fish, <laughs> I will do some play-by-play. That's so okay. it's kind of hectic here. So let's let's we'll, we'll wait, we're waiting to hear it. So we'll we'll roll with okay. it. Okay. You know? <laughs> Okay, oh, yeah, we'll just roll with, with you. it because I've so. because I've done the same thing with some of my guides I've had on the show. Um, yeah, we've had they've been out fishing. I've had them on the air, and they they're out there with their clients, you know, and they they do play by play with me. So yeah, that's it's awesome. Cool. And then yeah. I was going to ask too, what's your color this year? I'm going yellow. Yellow's been my color this year. What about you? Yeah, as for well, for colors or yeah, for, for bait. For, for, oh, yeah. fish on, fish on. We got inside board here. We got Let's one going here. Uh oh! Look, looks we might have had. Nope, I don't think we have one. Hold on, because I think it was came a straight. off uh, an old tire. Yeah, I think it came off. Yeah, we're gonna reel it. We can reel it in though. It's still on, I guess. I'm out here fishing cool. with my girlfriend, so yeah. yeah awesome. I'm introducing uh, walleye fishing to her and trolling and stuff. So that's hard. That's... Hang on here. I gotta. Get, I gotta. Yeah, I got the board here. I gotta. Oh, I gotta do this one-handed here. Let's see what you got. Let's see what you got. Let's yeah, we it. don't want to drop the phone in, <laughs> so we're gonna be real careful here. All right. Is it not? Is it not? Oh, it came off. Oh, you know what? We, I think we got we got bit off. Oh, yeah, they we took got the bait. Off. Hook, hook. 
Yeah. We had a pike. I think a pike bit, bit us off, and I just lost an $8 lure. So. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Jerry, so who's winning yeah. today? Is it the girlfriend or are you smoking right now? Uh, no, the girlfriend's uh, winning Oof. today. She's catching them all today. Nice. So I caught only one. I think she's caught probably about six. Holy cow. Six or so. <laughs> I like yeah. to see it. And yeah. Jerry, Jerry, we were going to ask, too, do you have a favorite guest that came on the show? I know I've, I've heard Charlie Barron's talking trash to you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've had Charlie Barron's on the show. Yeah, that's one of the most yeah, Charlie is an outdoorsman, and uh, Grandpa Bob was oh, Grandpa uh, like Bob. a huge influence. Nice. Yeah, he was a huge influence uh, for Charlie. And Charlie was on Larry's show, and I got a hold of Larry and, and Hunter Flanders, who uh, produces the show and, and films, uh, does most of the filming for Larry's show. And I said, hey, uh, can you hook me up and get Charlie in the show? And they said, yeah, the, you know, basically, I just they gave me this uh, publicist number, and I got a hold of him. And, yeah, he agreed to come on the show. Cool. And, it's kind of cool. He was at the state fair when he's doing it. He goes, okay, I got to go hide in a corner somewhere. You know, he goes, hang on here. And he goes, okay, do you want me in character or do you want to hear my real voice? And I'm like, well, Charlie, I said, we want to hear the in character. Okay, there. Okay, here we go. Oh, here there. we go. We're ready yeah. to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, but, yeah, so he was a riot. He was he was a total riot. And, you know, he talked about, I said, do you, Charlie, do you ever fish with bananas in the boat? You no, know, explain it to me here. What's going on? So, he said, yeah, and he thought, well, maybe I could hook it up on a treble hook and cast, and we'll catch a musky with it or something, you know? Ooh. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, it's pretty creative. But yeah. I like it. Jeez. So, Jerry, where can we find more of the fishing hole, and uh, where can we find more of Jerry? Uh, you can uh, actually, you if you, uh, you can also, um, you go on our website, and, and it's ironcountry.fm, and there's a little profile by you know, of me in there, and it kind of, kind of tells me about my interest and hobbies and all the other things, uh, how I got into radio and all that other stuff on there. And then uh, as for the fishing hole itself, uh, I've got a Facebook page, Hurricane Jerry, uh, the fishing hole. And then uh, what I do with the podcast there, what I do, uh, you know, going back to one of the questions you asked me with the podcast, we usually air the show, and then I'll put it out on a podcast either the day of or a week or two afterwards. And, okay. Uh, and, and I'll, that'll be on my Facebook page, and you can catch me on Spotify. I'm on other social media platforms with my show and my podcast on YouTube, um, CastBox, uh, Spreaker, um, and uh, a few of the others out there, too, that I can think of at the top of my head. So, But, but anyways, yeah, and that's basically where they can get a hold of me. Or, you know, if you got to shoot me a question, too, they can do that, too, there. Nice. Awesome, Jerry. And before we let you go, we got about eight to ten questions to find out how Wisconsin are you. Are you ready for these bad boys? <laughs> okay, let's fire away. Right. <laughs> I hope there's something about beer and cheese. There's some of that in there. So the first one I got okay. for you, do you have a Quick Trip Rewards card? Um, As a matter of fact, <laughs> you know, they're popping up everywhere, and eventually I'm going to have to get a Quick Trip Rewards card. Yeah, I think I might have the application or all the info to get the app and all that stuff on my counter. But yeah, it's I'm almost there. All right, sounds good. That's that's perfect for me. I mean, they're popping. They are popping up everywhere. Quick Trip's like the nicest gas station. Oh yeah, yeah. So with the next one we got for you, beer brats. Um, is there a beer you use or recommend to use in beer brats? Uh, beer brats. Um, I would have to say Spotted Cow. Spotted yeah, Cow. For beer okay. Yeah. Actually, yeah. we just reviewed yep. that beer recently. It's it's funny because we were just talking about how it's like the Illinois beer. They come up here right over the border, smoke those things out right at the gas station, leave. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. a hot would, seller and they're good. You want to hear? You want to hear a funny story about Spotted Cow? I was at a, a brewer game, 
and the Cubs uh, players were, they had their bus outside of, uh, well, then it was Miller Park, now it's American Family Field, but anyways, yeah, all the Cub players, I mean, there must have been multiple cases, about six or seven cases of spotted cows <laughs> uh, they had in their bus along with their luggage. So that's crazy. Yeah. Taking a stash home. Yeah. Got you gotta bring it with you yeah. if you're going it's worth gold over over state lines. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So Jerry, this one's a controversial one. Uh what do you consider to be up north? I know we're pretty far south, so it's just always an interesting one. Yeah, yeah. Um I consider up north to go I'd say uh highway ten, like I think that cuts across the middle part of the state from like Stevens Point and on up. That's usually the the musky fishing Anything above Highway 10, musky fishing, season opens to the end of uh, what May versus in southern Wisconsin, the first of May. So up north would be, I would say, Wausau North, uh, yeah. Green Bay, Eau Claire. Yeah, that's per- all up north. Yeah, that's not that's pretty far up north, especially where we are. I mean, we're oh, yeah. pretty much Illinois, right? I mean, we're like, yeah. right, you walk right, a mile right. down the road, you're in Illinois. So that is yeah. up north. Um, so yep. the next one I got for you is, uh, have you been to Summerfest? And do you have a favorite band that you saw at Summerfest, Jerry? A favorite band that I've seen at Summerfest? Uh, I'd have to go back. Uh, that's a tough one because uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge Rush fan, and I saw Rush. Oh, uh, nice. And their last uh, Wisconsin appearance in, I think, 2013. So, yeah, I'd have to say Rush. That's yeah, huge. I, I the love Eagles Rush. are close second. Yeah, the oh, Eagles were a close damn. second. Those are two of the most iconic bands of all time. <laughs> oh, yeah. right, right. And the first the first band I ever saw at Summerfest was in 87. I think it was Cheap Tricks. Oh, I love Cheap Trick. Amazing. I mean, you, you, can't, go, yeah. you yeah. can't go wrong. I've seen them a couple times now. You yep. can't go wrong with Cheap Trick, honestly. Amazing. Nope. Chicago so, boys there. Rockford, actually. Yeah, Rockford. Rockford, Rockford, Rockford yeah. Chicago. Rockford, yeah. So the next yeah. one. The next and, one Robin, got, and Robin Zander. Oh, Robin Zander was born in my hometown in Boyd. So. Awesome. Yeah, there's, I, there's I, your... There's your fun fact for the day. You know what? It's funny. I actually saw his daughter out downtown in uh, Rockford one night when I went drinking. Nice. It was it was crazy. I didn't oh, realize I it was his daughter. That. It was crazy. Yeah. I couldn't believe yeah. it. I was like, "What? You? I love <laughs> Cheap Trick. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, I was a total nerd, but hey, whatever. So, <laughs> um, so Jerry, when it comes to supper clubs, do you have a favorite that you recommend? Um, a supper club. Oh wow. You know what? I'm going to have to go local here. And there was actually one recently, and I really liked it, and they had the best scallops. Uh, it was uh, Frederick's Supper Club in Milton, I thought. But okay. otherwise, you want to go up north, uh, Bonnie Links, I think it is, or oh, Bonnie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, it's up by St. Germain. Yeah, there. that's yeah. a great one. Yeah. Those would be my choices, I guess. I'll definitely have to check out that one, yeah. All right. Yeah. So I got one more for you, Jerry. Um have you ever participated at Jump Around at Camp Randall Stadium? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah, I've done Jump Around at uh, Camp Randall, yeah, a couple times. Awesome, Jerry. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, as avid listeners of your show, we really appreciate your time this Sunday, and uh, we hope you enjoy your fishing today. Get, yeah. uh, get a couple oh, saugers yeah. and bring them home, eh? Yeah, absolutely. I'll do that for you guys. All right, sounds good, Jerry. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. thanks for coming thanks. on the show. You take it easy. All right. All right, talk to you guys later. Talk to you later, Jerry. Bye. Bye. All righty, goodbye. All right, so before we let you off the hook today, we're going to go ahead and read one of our reviews from uh, Apple Podcasts. So this one is another five-star. Awesome. uh, And it is uh, the, the person that wrote it is Great App Get It. 
and the uh, title of the review is Highlight of Every Sunday Morning. Uh, They wrote, I found this podcast just looking to keep busy at work and quickly fell in love, and now every Sunday take time out of my day to sit down, listen, and learn. This is great if you want to know a bit more of Wisconsin and then learn a lot more about local breweries, Wisconsin beers, uh, and which uh, I can't wait to try. That's awesome. I love that review. Yeah. I mean, like my head's getting bigger. It sums up. To be honest. I think it sums up really (laughs) well uh, the things that we started the this whole thing for you know uh, and and i love it because that means that uh our initial vision is uh is sort of becoming reality which is awesome i love it and i mean our sunday is i hate sundays to be honest like it's cool that we can make somebody's sunday better you know that's uh, that's what i'm going for right this is just great i mean this this one like hits to the heartstrings makes my head a little bigger yeah can't can't complain right but thank you so much for that five-star review. And uh, any of you want to go in, please do it. You know, good or bad. We want to yeah. know what we can do to make this podcast better. So even the bad ones, we've had a couple. No no reviews, just one and two stars, right? right so nobody right. really told us what we did wrong. But thank you so much. We appreciate it. All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening. And remember, as always, watch out for deer on your way home.